When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Monday is a holiday. Is Wednesday still hump day or yes, is Tuesday um, hump day? It really is like Thursday. It's yeah, just okay. humping along. All right, we're humping sure along that. during the week. Okay. Weekend like, plans are being made. Uh, uh, tonight's right. a weekend. That's right. <laughs> Ready to go. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think it, it, it is discombobulating. You're like, you know, kind of a nice surprise. Oh, it's not Tuesday. It's Wednesday. Wednesday. Yay. It's, I put my garbage out. It's not ready yet. No, uh-uh. They're not coming till tomorrow. That's I always right. do that on holiday weekends. I do it a little early. A little early, getting ready. And I'm and my guy's like, we should bring it back. And I'm like, no. It's pouring. It was pouring rain for like the last four weeks when my garbage day was, so it never got emptied. Yeah, and I'm like, it is filled to the filled rim. to the brim. It's it's not. It's getting emptied. Um, when I was gone in Vegas, did you guys talk about Herman Woke Walk yes. Woke passing away? Yes, he who wrote yes. uh, the Winds of War. And War and Remembrance. Remember the miniseries? Mm-hmm. And they were the big novels. And we talked yes. about it when you came back and you asked us, did you, you guys talk, talk about, about him? I guess I didn't realize he wrote um, Kane Mutiny. Yeah, great book and a great movie, too. It, it's Kane Mutiny or Mutiny on the Cane? No, no Kane no, Mutiny. You're thinking oh, of Mutiny on the Bounty. The Kane oh, Mutiny is okay. a book that won. He won the Pulitzer in 1952 for fiction for that. And mm-hmm. it was made into a movie with Humphrey Bogart. Anyway, he was 105, and he wrote his last book at the age of 100. Amazing. It kind of and he is was amazing. a Navy guy yeah. in World War II. He wrote II. his last book at 100. 100. And you look at Norman Lear, who's 96, who did you know those live broadcasts yeah. last week. It's kind of amazing. I wonder if quitting working is what eight makes people pass quicker or something. Well, sometimes they do. His last book in 2015, the year he turned 100, he, it was called... His memoir, Sailor and Fiddler, Reflections of a Hundred-Year-Old Author. Oh. And um, his wife had discouraged him in the 80s from doing a memoir. She said, you're not that interesting. Oh, nice. <laughs> and, uh, but a- he, he was uh, a radio officer on a destroyer minesweeper in the South Pacific. And his time in the Navy was the greatest time in his life. And he knew the wise guys of Broadway and then he knew the wise guys in the Navy. And so that's why he named his book Fiddler and Sailor. Oh, I like that. And, I like uh, knowing that. Yeah. But, oh, I remember reading, reading that book, the winds of war and worm. Remember? And they were just thick. Yeah. And then they made the miniseries. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, I'm Jan thinking Michael of course Vincent of Lonesome Dove, which is a completely different <laughs> no, book. That's Western. McCullough. Yeah. I'm yeah. thinking of a completely different book. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, I read so, both of those. Yeah. So he passed away, and then in Vienna today, Arnold Schwarzenegger gave the eulogy for the race car driver, Nikki Lauda, who was immortalized in film in the Ron Howard movie Rush. Such a good movie. With Chris Hemsworth and Daniel Rule playing Nikki Lauda. 
who he was burned in the crash yes. in like the seventies and he survived it. He was. I'm trying to listen, and I'm like, why are we talking about Nikki Lauda today? Because I thought he was dead. He died like last week, but they just had the service. And Arnold, being a fellow Austrian, he gave the eulogy, and he was there with his girlfriend. Who's his girlfriend? I don't know, but I, I as far as she's I know, she's somewhat age appropriate. Well, she's like thirty nine, okay. and you know, he's to his seventy something, sixty nine or something, and so he gave the eulogy, and all the race car world was there and put their helmets on on his casket, and uh, like five hundred people were there. So that wow. was a great movie. We all oh, felt yeah. that Loved movie it. got underlooked. It's a Ron Howard movie. Ron Howard movie. Yeah. Really good. good movie. That was a great movie. Great movie. And then uh, the Godfather star, Carmen Caridi, passed away at the age of 85. Thank you, Tommy. Which, which character was he? Well, he tried out. He was wanted to be the part of Jimmy Kahn in The Godfather, the first one. James Kahn. James Kahn. Jimmy mm-hmm. Kahn. But he was too tall to play opposite of Al Pacino, who was only 5'7". Right. And Carmine was uh, six feet tall. And... He, uh, following the blow that he lost that lead role, he fell into a lifetime of addiction, was arrested for selling cocaine, and then he got small roles in the Godfather sequels. Okay. And he's perhaps most infamously known as the first person to be expelled from the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences because he shared his screeners of Oscar movies. As an Academy voter to friends. I actually remember when that happened. Do you remember that? When they got kicked out, yeah. 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 So, anyway, Caridi uh, was the guy, and it turned out the guy that he kept sending the screeners to was one of the largest film pirates in the business. (laughs) Oh, details. So, What is his full name? Uh, Carmine Caridi. I thought it was a woman, and I didn't bother reading the story. No, so I'm no. glad you. <laughs> he was in a lot of TV yeah, shows. You would recognize character. him, and his character in Godfather Two was pretty recognizable. Anyone who's a Godfather fan would like recognize him. But unfortunately, that is the little thing. On on, uh, he was cleared of wrongdoing. Supposedly, he didn't know. That this Russell Sprague was. Don't the, you remember the pirating phrase? Oh yeah, Se- you know phase, oh, and yeah. you'll be threatened if you ten hundred thousand dollars or whatever. Blah, yeah. Blah. Oh, yeah. Or you ever? I have a request for you from Jennifer Miller. Yes, Jennifer um, Miller. What mm-hmm. is it that I can do for you? Uh, the subject is swag. Uh huh. Hi, can you come see my boyfriend's band? Okay. They're playing at Fletcher's June fifteenth, three p.m. Contemporary rock cover band, and all the songs you can dance to. You, Lori, will have so much fun. I love a cover band, and I love it that it's going to be music season soon at Fletcher's. I know. So this is just a shout out to Swag. Please give that to to Jennifer. I'll try and schedule that, even though that that deck can get crowded. I'll have to get there early to get a table so that my my cushion side of me can be facing towards the water. Maybe someone is going to invite you on their yacht on Lake Minnetonka. Nice. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, I like the name of the band. Swag, 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 wig, wig. Did you I watch Real Housewives it. last night? I didn't. I was. Um, it was kind of an epic because it was a Halloween party. I saw the previews and I just turned it off. And it Lisa Rinna <laughs> went as Erica Jane, <laughs> and she eyes. made oh. up with Kim Richards. And the trailer for next week: the ladies are going to Provence. 
How lovely. France. So, yeah, we're going international. And where did Lisa uh, Vanderbump is just done? She hasn't been. Uh, we've, yeah, she She's was in this. All right. In this. I mean, I'm sure there's a few little things that we're going to see, but she does not. She seems to have at some point stopped filming with the ladies. Okay. That's so, what's happening. That's what's happening. All right, listen, we come back. It's her story we can't get enough of. It involves a TV show that's coming back on Sunday night. I'll tell you all my secrets and you tell all your friends. Hold on to your hey everybody, thanks for hanging out with us on this Wednesday. So the show that we loved last year in HBO, was it summer? Yeah. That Big Little Ice was on? And I think it was two years ago, wasn't it? Might be. It might be. It might be that. Um, but Big Little Ice is... Uh, Coming back, and of course, it's based on the novel Big Little Lies by Leanne Moriarty. And um, yeah, it was 2017. Who was famously in our studio the day Brad and Angelina broke up for her book that was several books past Big past, Little Lies. Yes. But uh, she agreed because the audience res- response to that show was so good. And this is the show with Nicole Kidman, Zoe Kravitz, Reese Witherspoon, Laura Dern. It kind of won quite a few Emmys. And we were just riveted at these women in Monterey and kind of it was also for at least I feel like since the burning bed starring <laughs> the late great Farrah Fawcett that we have seen what domestic abuse looks like and in an even more profound way because Nicole Kidman, the abuse is not only is it physical, which is the easy one to be able to like, okay, that's terrible. That's understandable. But right, the verbal right. and emotional abuse of, of her husband and how he was so controlling. And that was very powerful to see. So Reese Witherspoon, Laura Dern stopped by yesterday. She did. She was darling. I have no idea if Meryl Streep is going to be doing any interviews um, or Nicole Kidman, but they were in New York yesterday for... They had some kind of a premiere party last right. night in New York. So here's Ree sitting down. Donnie hates when he has to get <laughs> listen to I, I the just, folks I, at GMA because they don't do the one-on-one. Like the Today Show still does. The interviewer mm-hmm. and the guest on the chair, they have them sit down at the high table and all four of them fawn. They gush. do an all-play. They do an all-play uh-huh. and it's absolutely Donnie's Favorite, favorite thing oh, to yes. do. Oh, yes. I love GMA. Okay, here we go. But this was only supposed to be one season. It yes. was really the ladies, you guys, who really, really rallied to make a second season out of this. I know. Well, we it was it was originally the book sort of ended, and then we saw... Well, actually, it's the audience that made us want to do it again. You know, you're only as good as how people receive things, and just the, the fandom of it, and, and that people wanted to see more about these, these women's lives. So we decided to do it again. And being there on the set the first day? Must have been... Well, the first day of the second season, I had to work with Meryl Streep <laughs> on the first, which is so exciting, but also completely terrifying. <laughs> and I think I barely got out words, but she was like, it's okay. I had to literally go into another room and go, calm down. She's just a person. <laughs> and of course, Meryl Streep is playing Alexander Skarsgård, who played Nicole Kidman's abusive husband. She plays his mother. Yes. And if you haven't seen Big Little Lies, we won't tell you anything more than that. Okay, so here's 
Here's a little bit more about Meryl joining the cast. It must be amazing to be her, her looking at you, you know, and this amazing group of women. Women. She's now been uh, embraced in the circle, including into the text circle, the famous yeah. text chain that you all have. Um, we had Laura Dern on yesterday, who's so dreamy. Oh, yeah. And she said that, that Meryl jumped right into the text, was unabashed in, in um, <laughs> and maybe even a little naughty. Oh, she's got a great sense of humor. <laughs> she loves a dirty joke. Good. Um, but yeah, we had a great time. We'd go out to dinner every night after work and I was like is this real are we being paid American dollars <laughs> it was really really just an incredible experience and Shailene Woodley is in the cast so mm-hmm. the cast is like from tw- you got 20 30s 40s and then Meryl Streep is like late 60s mm-hmm. and-, and do you know how Meryl Streep got the job took the job her um her agent called her and said um Nicole asked wanted me to ask you something. Nicole Kidman, Kidman wanted me to ask you something. And would you be on their show? Big so advice. they just said, let's just call her and go for it. Well, and you know, one of the things that people have already been like saying in advance of Sunday and the big hype and the expectations for Big Little Eyes, because it was must watch television. Oh, we so watched good. it that night. We did not wait and watch it on the DVR. We were just like, oh, we couldn't wait, you know, for it to be on. The it was clothes, just so good. The clothes, the story, the, the over the top, the music. Yes. It all was, it was a great show. So here uh, is Reese talking about that they got the author, Lion Moriarty, to pick up where her book ended. Was it fun to sort of go off script? You you guys didn't have the books anymore, so you got to make leaps. Well, the great thing was Leanne Moriarty, our amazing, brilliant author who wrote the first original novel, yeah. wrote a um, 250-page novella that we based this new season off. So it was really her imagination, and we got to dive back into her original voices that she created. By the way, it's not this Sunday. Oh, isn't it this no, Sunday? It's a week from Sunday. June seventh, oh, the, the, the ninth. Okay, guys, the okay, ninth. fine. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And the, and Leon Moriarty. I mean, any of her books are so good. And Nicole Kidman optioned the one we just had her on this fall for ten nine, nine perfect, perfect strangers. strangers. I loved that. And book. all of Leanne's books always take place. People in, call her Leanne, Leanne, Leanne. But they always take place in Australia. But they moved this for the storyline to Monterey, right. which is. Perfect, perfect setting. Yeah, perfect setting. So, okay, and then here's just one little personal note about, remember Reese Witherspoon had a daughter with Ryan Phillippe. They got married when she was like 22, and so she was a young mom. Mm-hmm. Is it really true that your daughter uh, is a college student? Yeah. I mean, yeah, my it, daughter went to college. How, I know. I, how is, how is you it? You know, when your kid goes to college, you're like, am I really this old? Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, really? But oh it's, gosh, it's so great. Picture, She's right? just my best friend in the whole world, and I'm so proud of her. I'm really proud of her. She's back. Now- Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. I'm going to cry. Uh, but I can relate. I mean, as yeah. any parent, it really is such a pivotal moment. It's a huge, yeah. It's a huge letting go moment. And um, yeah. And it's interesting because in the show, I have a daughter who's deciding whether or not she's going to go to college. So there were shades of real life in there mm. for sure. And they are really pushed because Adam Scott was on the like the mm-hmm. Today Show yesterday. I mean, they are bringing out everybody to do They need the, the eyes. Promo. They need people to keep their HBO um, app that they all downloaded for Game of Thrones. That's they right. need to keep the people. Yeah, yeah. So, but Meryl looked really good. She looked, she looked so, so cute in New York. She actually had on a pair of stylish shoes. I just about fainted. Like I still, suede, two toned, chunky peep toe. Not known for her shoes. Well, mm. not always known for her fashion. She, she found She's comfort. When we talked to her, which was one of our highlights yes. at the St. Paul Hotel. Mm-hmm. She told us about getting her dress somewhere on Lindale. She went into a shop yeah. and just found it, and it just spoke to her, and it was perfect. Yeah, she doesn't have a stylist. She doesn't work with those people. She doesn't care. She likes what she likes. Yeah. And no fuss. Yeah. Yeah, don't put any fuss on me. And I would like the Daily Mail to stop calling Nicole Kidman the ex-wife of Tom Cruise. Why did they she do that? She's been married to Keith Urban for what a dozen years? A long time. I mean, does she ever get to nope. bury that? Anyway, or she should. She really should. Um, she, uh, I don't know what she's filming, but her hair was a little bit, a little bit more reddish. Well, she's in pre-production. Well, the Goldfinch she's in, which we just saw the trailer come out for today. Mm-hmm. That's a Pulitzer Prize winning book that Ugh, neither of us read. I tried to read that. Is that I, the Donna Tart book? It's mm-hmm. uh, about the art. Theft. It's about the. Da, 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 da. Yeah. I don't know, Lori. It is. It she is. plays Mrs. Barber. She's also in um, the Undoing, which is a TV series that's filming. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be on Netflix. The Undoing. Okay, but the Goldfinch is filmed and done. I'm pretty it's sure done. that's the book about the art. They, they stole the art, the piece of art, and the my mom Nazis. Loved it. I know people either loved that book or hated it. It was a wordy. Hard it was a thick one. It was too thick for me. Nine Perfect Strangers is in, is in pre-production. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, did you like that book? Loved. Yeah, Loved. I did too. That's a. It was a quirky book. Well, yeah. These nine different people go off to this retreat that's almost like cultish, Ooh. and they have to give up their phones, and yep. it yeah, is just it. like we there were was- just like. Going, oh my Everyone God. who's read it loved it. Yeah, I know. And it comes. I love it's all of her books. I always do. She's a home run. She, Ellen Hildebrand, and Jane Green. I mm-hmm. swear, anything those ladies write, we just devour. I still can't believe Ellen Hildebrand though still has not ever had a series made in Nantucket with all the great characters and stories and books that she's written. They've been optioned, but then nothing happens. That seems wrong, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. We were just, uh, Lori was direct responsing with her. What do you call that? DMing. DMing her yesterday. Yeah. She's telling me where to stay if I go to Nantucket. Yeah. But I said I was giving Julia mouth-to-mouth resuscitation over Nantucket hotel prices. (laughs) Uh The season, P.S., by the way, for lower rates is uh, like September 20th to like May 1st. Yeah. Yeah. So...
come too close for comfort. I had to cut my cut my cough, she being stubborn. I make it known I'm with you, not undercover. I and really I like how Julia is singing the words to the song. I don't know. I sing to everything and know no words to anything. It's just who I am. It's fabulous. Okay, so Julia, what was probably like maybe one of our funnest, most interesting uh, experiences that we had at the SAG Awards? And we had a night that we turned down with Joaquin. Phoenix. Mm-hmm. That's right. Standing in line, we wanted to go Asking in. us to go with him. That's right. And in we his did car. Not. And we did not. Because why? Because we were afraid of what would happen. No. <laughs> but number one reason. We wanted to get big. Were. We were invited for real and we wanted our swag bag. It I wasn't know. even the swag bag. It was more we wanted the experience to go to the People magazine after party. I wanted the swag bag. I'd heard right. so much about it. That Remember, too. we both got, we got like a free pair of jeans, and they never were sent to us. No, <laughs> there was a bunch. there was so much. There was work with the swag bag. A, it's so heavy. Yeah. B. Anyway, but we yeah. had a nice chat with him, and it was like a like about a week after he had gotten in a car Correct. accident, and he liked it that we knew that. Yes, and he of course was nominated for Johnny Cash. That's Mark right, the Mark line. the line. So with we, Reese Witherspoon, and we were mesmerized at how good looking oh. he was in person. Be beyond. Okay, so we found out last year that uh, maybe two years ago, late 2017, that he met Rooney Mara, and they were they made a movie together. And she had been with a longtime boyfriend, and she dumped the longtime boyfriend, and. Because she fell in love with him. They made like some Mary Magdalene or yes, 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 yes. some movie that we didn't even character. see. And they begin living together soon after they started dating. And how do I say this? I feel like Joaquin, the wild and footloose man, was domesticated very quickly with Rooney. Whatever it was that he found with her, he became domesticated. We stopped seeing him going out. Well, that's they because he in. did that. He Remember when he was trying to be a rap star? Yeah, but this was before. Right. This is pre... This is Now, that's like going back to 2014, right, 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 2015. Okay. So, anyway, he's, he does have a history of serial monogamy, but it's... Um, anyway, uh, she's a very kind-hearted, aloof actress. Her sister just uh, had, a baby. Mara, had a baby with Jamie Bell. and Their dad owns the um, New York Giants. Giants. Both sides of the family. There's two football ownerships oh, that's that happen right. in the that family. The mom and the dad, both their families own. Right. The- well, Rooney is the other family, and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so they're football giant. Anyway, so, and she describes herself as aloof. We've seen her on the red carpet. She looks like wax paper she's very translucent and just like almost otherworldly okay so we were like hmm they are they're a couple yes they are well not only are they just a low-key celebrity couple that lives together she now is sporting a gigantic diamond oh on her engagement finger and joaquin is such a Love guru. He, he smokes and he does karate. And now he's talked his girlfriend into going to karate with him. And that's oh. where she was spotted with the huge diamond ring going into the dojo. Oh my gosh. Oh. He has transformed all of his girlfriends into being holistic, vegan, spiritual, that's and into right. saving the world. 
The couple, who are trained experts at keeping their love private, wore their sunglasses. And uh, she had a flannel shirt around her waist. And um, they love practicing karate together. (laughs) Karate. Mm -hmm. Karate. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they go on like colonic retreats where they do karate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I believe you. And then before it reminds they have the me colonic. of the old Matthew Broderick movie that they do. You remember the one in I England? Do. It was about uh, Kel- the Kellogg's people. Yeah. Yes. Going yes. to the colonic ranch. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. No, they were being treated for hysteria. Oh, no, that's yes. a different movie. Oh. That's a different movie. Right. Where everyone okay. was getting rubbed on a yeah. regular yeah. basis. Yes. Anyway, he's so, so handsome, very handsome, and people is reporting that they are engaged because live of together. the diamond ring that mm-hmm. she has on. It's so enormous, kind of a pear shaped. Okay, she was previously dating. She had a longtime boyfriend, director Charlie McDowell. They were McDowell, who's currently dating Game of Thrones star Amelia Clark. Look at that! Everyone passes out. them on to each other. <laughs> well, the famous people. Your know turn. Each other. Your turn. You're okay. up next. Mm-hmm. Now, this lady uh, is not getting any love for her uh, criticism, and that is Roman Polanski's wife of probably 20-some years okay. has issues with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The because? Tarantino film, because, well, I mean, Roman Polanski is... In it, and the fact that uh, the story ends with the murder of his wife and the other people at the at the uh, house uh, on Cielo Drive, we don't really know. Like everything we've heard about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's, it's not more about, about Hollywood at that time period of that summer, yeah. and how everything was changing and ends supposedly with the murder. Right. Right. So um, anyway, and. Roman Polanski, I mean, there's a mountain of background on this, so I'll just dig in a little bit. So in 69, Roman Polanski was considered one of the hottest directors in Hollywood. He had just done uh, Rosemary's Baby, Mm -hmm. which was a huge hit. He was still a few years away from doing Chinatown, which is considered his masterpiece. That is a great movie, though. And and in the in 1969, Roman and his wife Sharon Tate were expecting a baby, and then members of the family murdered Tate and several other people. It rocked the country. It rocked L.A. And years later, then Roman Polanski drugged and raped a 13-year-old girl at Jack Nicholson's house, and he ended up fleeing America when the prosecutor didn't accept his plea. Okay, got it. Okay, and he has never returned to the United States. He won an Oscar for what some people say now is a movie that doesn't hold up, The Pianist. I like that movie. I did like it at the time, too. People are saying it doesn't like hold up mm-hmm. as that great of a movie. Anyway, apparently Tarantino didn't speak to Roman Polanski before, uh, you know, he did the movie. Which why would he? Yeah, you know, if he had or hadn't. I mean, why does he need to get any kind of a blessing? I, when I think of anything, I think of Roman Polanski. He himself has used the sympathy about Sharon Tate to his advantage. Okay. You know what I mean? Oh, poor, you know, Roman Polanski had this terrible thing. By all accounts, if you dive deep into Roman Polanski's history, he and Sharon Tate had somewhat of a turbulent relationship in that he was not a faithful husband. He was like 10, 12 years older than she was, and he liked young women. Mm-hmm. So um, 
they had somewhat of a tempestuous relationship. Mm-hmm. Sharon Tate's sister has spoken about that. Anyway, now his wife, Emmanuel Senor. Senor? Sure. Her. Okay. Sure. A Frenchie. She's, Another she's French. French name, then we're good at those. I mean, you know, he lives in Switzerland. He's got a very fancy life. So what did his wife say? She has spoken out on social media. And she said, how can you take advantage of someone's tragic life while trampling on them? Uh, Okay. And she says, and then she clarifies, I'm talking about the system that tramples Roman. Meaning he can't come back to Hollywood. Well, that's because you raped a young, young, young woman and you raped a girl. I, Mm -hmm. I understand people don't understand my point of view. I am not criticizing the movie. I'm just saying it doesn't bother people in Hollywood to make a film about Roman and his tragic story and make money with it. Well, at the same time, they have made him a pariah and all without consulting him. Oh, we'd like to ask you if you approve of this press oh release gosh, about your break. Yeah, many I mean, people crazy. find it problematic that he raped a 13-year-old, yeah. left the country, yeah, and has please. never paid for his crime. That's a yeah. fact, and that's problematic for a lot of people. Yeah. Anyway, people are not feeling her today no. on um, on her thoughts no. about that. So, anywho... I says to the guy, yeah. Um, how many uh, pairs? And remember, Roman Polanski also referred to his thing about uh, partying and hanging out with 13, 14, 15, 16 year old girls as a European way of life. He's no. been quoted on that on several occasions that that's the European way of yeah, life. I don't think so. Yeah, I know it's for a babysitter. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. So does she have issues with being his wife? No, but she's got issues with Hollywood. Quentin Tarantino doesn't give a flying fig Newton. I don't either. <laughs> oh, I, know. I, I would like to put my name on yes. that list right under Quentin. Oh, I really, really don't care either. I know it. I mean, it's weird that she would even bother bother with it because don't it would think, not be met like with if anything. That was, I know it. If you, that was your, I would just say, what are you doing? Well, but it's, I think he does feel like he is wronged. He doesn't ever admit that. You know, the the prosecutor wanted him to serve six months and his lawyer had had, he'd agreed that it would be time served because Roman Plansky was like 30 days in county. Mm -hmm. And that's all he wanted. When he found out that they weren't going to go along with that, he got on a plane and this was, you know, obviously they didn't make him surrender his passport and he left. And he's, yep. And so, you know, he's had these charges. Uh, They've been over his head and he's never been allowed to come back. Uh, to the United States, so anyhow. Well, I guess he does appear in the movie briefly. Yes, I mean, you know, there is a thing of him, uh, hello? Would she be mad if he wasn't? He was married (laughs) to Sharon Tate at the time. Jeez, this movie better hold up. I feel like that's going to be such a small part of the movie. It is. Yep. It is. It it's is such a small part of the movie. It is. And there's right, been listen, a lot of hullabaloo over there. All right, listen, when we come back, uh, we are going to... Um, well, we're going to take a bet if we can talk Julia into whiting out her eyebrows for this next segment so she could really <laughs> I'm willing channel. To. I'm willing to. I'm going to. Kristen Stewart, I've got some powder here. They're okay. very dark eyebrows. We might have to lighten mine. Oh. Anyway, we've posted Kristen Stewart. If you're looking at going no eyebrows, you just better be sure and have a smoky eye. We'll be right back. I got to ask, do you got plans tonight? 
Lost in Japan. Oh, that Sean Mendes. He's so cute. Every yes. young girl must just be crazy about him and want to be his girlfriend. You think so? I think so. Yeah, he's pretty cute. Is he the Donny Osmond of the today? Well, no, Justin he's a little Bieber. bit older because he's 20. He's not oh. boy band. You know, he's he's, he's he's 21 or 22 now, isn't he? Sure. Is that too old to be a... No, not no. really. No, no, not for... No, 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 no. Okay, so... Kristen Stewart, we tried to do it with Julia. <laughs> she showed up at a Chanel. You know, she's the face of Chanel, and she was at Seoul, South Korea for some kind of a show, and she showed up, and um, she just has bleached eyebrows and a very punky haircut and, and very beautiful eyes. And, and green, she, green electric, uh, green eyes, shadow. and You know what this tells me? When you're 29, you can do anything. You can. I walked around with paper cutouts <laughs> over my eyebrows and to see if anyone knew <laughs> Anybody yeah. notice? who I was. She okay. looks, I don't know. I She's like gorgeous. that look. I She's love this gorgeous. look. It's very too. 1980s, very punky. Punk, totally, totally. Totally punk. Looks like Adam Ant. You know he wore he had the that bla- look. the black tips yes, and the blonde he hair had that look. and then uh, the Stranger Things kid uh, Finn Wolfhard he got a Saint Laurent uh, campaign he is Jeez. following Millie Bobby Brown who does Calvin Klein and he is 16 years old he's channeling sort of Bob Dylan meets Ray yeah. Davies from the Kinks in a very 60s suit. Let me ask you he something. He is 16 Lorraine. years old and he's got a skinny pinstripe suit. I saw these little skinny pinstripe suits everywhere in Vegas last week for that mm-hmm. retail convention. Notice how skinny My around the ankles. My kids have the skinny pin suits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then a leather bomber jacket and then a skinny tie. So there Dylan. you go. Looks the same like Laurent Dylan. faces are Travis Scott, Marilyn Manson, Keanu Reeves, and Finn Wolfhard. So they've they, they got all a, ages and stages. They need a 50-year-old woman in yeah. there. Have you heard of Lori and Julia? I mean, someone in there that can, uh, you know, that's a lot of um, interesting casting. Yeah, it really Whatever. is. Whatever. It's, you know, I they've always used very interesting looking models and people and they can do what they want. But yeah. it just seems odd to me well, that be, I'd want to buy that suit because a little 15 year old from Stranger Things or 19 year old. You would never recognize him from Stranger Things. He just looks like a little punk to me. Yeah. Which he is. Yeah. I don't know. I can, I, he's tall. Five he's, ten. He's really, yeah, boy. Is that tall now? Yeah, they're going to have to speed up that storyline. <laughs> no. You know, because they were they're like in sixth grade. Out. No, yeah. he's like, he People looks like he's in like college. People still like that. Yeah. We all three, I mean, Donnie, you're not still in that, are you? Sure I am. Donnie oh, right, well, we dropped. We dropped. I dropped it's you okay. one. We, no, yeah. I know it's okay. Yeah. We dropped. He was really good in uh, It, too. He had a big part oh. in the Great! Yeah. He was great in it as the kid, that kid let's, brother. Let's, we'll see okay, Julia, we're going to go back to your obsession because we only have a couple more days My in May. My poor boyfriend last night. Okay, because I'm sitting there. Did you see the picture? And I'm just going on and on. And he's like, "What are you talking about? What are you talking about?" He oh, said, about the ever line since of- ever since Lori and I read Into Thin Air in 1996, the John Krakauer book, we have been obsessed. I've been obsessed, and then. And then the Discovery Channel had a guy with a camera on his helmet do it. And the kids and I and Bill, we were all obsessed. And he's just listening and listening. Yeah. And he's like, how much time does it take to get from blah, blah, blah? And it takes like two months. You know, oh, you go climb, up, you mean? Well, you go up, you go down, you yeah. go up, you go You're down, acclimate. you go up two, you go down one, you go yeah. da, 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 da. But we'll see, all, Mom, of the, 
All of Everest. the morning shows had something, a follow-up on the Mount Everest stories. Because 11 people have died. Yeah, Richard Engel for NBC was in Kathmandu. Talking with mm-hmm. officials. ABC had their guy, Benitos, uh, whatever that guy is. He's real cute. He was there talking yes, to people he, at base camp. He's everywhere. He is everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then um, CBS this morning had a climber by the name of Jim Davidson talking about all the problems going on at yes. Mount Everest, for those of you who might be considering it. He reached the top of Mount Everest two years later, and Jim Davidson now reaches the table of CTM. Congratulations on <laughs> that final journey. We're glad to have you <laughs> Thank here. you very much. A lot of crowding on Everest. Uh, more fatalities than people have seen in many years. What's going on there? It's been an especially bad year. We've had some bad weather, and so the days that people could go for the summit got all compressed. There was a bigger crowd than average, and maybe some people that weren't fully trained. You stack all those together, and it turned out to be a really bad. Are there changes year. to the permitting process or other other regulations that could fix this? The government does issue permits, but there seems to be no limit to the number of per- permits they'll issue. They keep adding more each year, and so we're seeing creeping. Should they not? I think they should restrict it some, especially based on experience. It's hard to set an exact number, but if you keep letting more people come, it's going to get worse I, every I'm year. I'm surprised at the whole permit situation because it's, it's $11,000 to get the permit, and that's just the piece of paper you were telling me. Correct. I mean, there's much more cost in terms of, of actually getting up there with equipment and the time you have to invest. Correct. It takes about two months. The average cost might be 45000 U.S. dollars, and uh, it takes a lot of your personal time to get ready and stuff on the family, too. And no, seriously. Yeah, it's amazing. And they also said that, you know, they only had like one good day weather. And it's like minus 30, minus 40 as you're just standing there in a traffic jam. Yeah, well, here, we've got a little bit more from uh, this climber. Jim, some of the video we're looking at, you're literally waiting in line to die. Because you must you must know that it's not going well as you're standing there waiting in line. Take us through that process. What, yeah. what is that feeling that people just don't say, look, I'm out of here? Well, you, we are up in the death zone above 26,000 feet. And that means even on bottled oxygen, you're slowly dying. And you can just feel, you feel it. Right. You can right. feel your energy draining out of your legs and out of your core. And you get disassociated in your mind. It gets very difficult to be up there just to exist. What is the people on that line dealing with? They're dealing with all that and the anxiety of, I know I'm going too slow and I want to summit, and what we call summit fever, which is this desire. You're so close and you want to summit, and you're pulled mentally with this strain of, I want to go up, but I should go down. Even though you know you could possibly die, you don't get out of the line. Is that the the credo with you guys? Well, not really. I think if you're really smart and you have self-knowledge and a guide and companions, we'll look at each other and say, this is not our day. We need to go down. But it takes great strength and great self-knowledge to make that very difficult. And getting down can be tricky, you were saying, because you have to go past that line. You've got to, when we pass each other, one of us has to unclip from the line in order to get by each other. Oh. Yes. So you're sort of kind of like shimmying by? Is that Trying to cooperate, but you don't speak the same language. You're wearing a mask. It's difficult to talk. So it's, there's constant exposure to danger, yeah. And the, I mean, and it's single track. Yes, I mean, it, oh. there, it was 7,000 drop-off. Foot it, foot on either side, and then he said, "I don't think we, I don't know if we have it in this clip." There's no absolutely no empathy because this quote unquote in the death, death zone, zone, because you're not thinking with full oxygen or whatever. People could give a crap if, if they, they need to move you, for yeah, yeah or, or anything. There's just like it's like it sounds like like zombies. Almost. Pretty much, and you're just yeah. trudging, and I've I've worked to the goal. And if you don't listen there. to your Sherpa, or you don't have a, 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 a guide, guides. guide who's going to say, "Hey, we're turning around." Here's one more from Jim. Is it possible in some takeaway from this that with 11 fatalities, the allure of Everest will actually increase and overcrowding will actually become more of a problem? 
you would think that things would be a little less next year. You would think you would hear the headline, 11 people died last year, and you might rethink your trips, even exactly. get a refund on that 11 grand. Exactly. Yeah. You would think that, but the data actually shows that after a disaster year, the numbers go up the next year. Wow. So it has some sort of pull to us magnetically to say people say, I want to go there, I want to experience it. And it is a gorgeous mountain, and it's a great experience to try and improve yourself and be a part of a great team. So that There's no qualification required for getting the permit, correct? Well, the guide companies do some screening, but yeah. maybe they don't do enough. Some of the guide companies screen strictly, and some don't. And that's the thing. If you're not ready yet, you can find some company that will take you up. And I think that needs to stop. So how do you fix it? Well, I think it requires all of us to take a portion of responsibility. Climbers need to train harder and know themselves better. Guides need to say no to some people. The government needs to restrict the number of permits some. Yeah, we need several layers. We need the guides to say no. We need the government. One way they could do it is say you have to climb other high peaks, and if you haven't climbed those, we won't let you oh, go on Everest. That's That'll a good keep idea. the business in Nepal, spread the climbers out, and everyone will be more ready when they get to Mount Everest. Well, that guy should run Mount Everest, whatever it's going to be called, but here's my pledge. I promise... To never. never go and be part of the I'm long journey. I'm shocked to hear that. But, yeah. the, but the price. Ronnie, do you promise? Can you make that pledge? Absolutely. Yeah, Joy, can you make that pledge? The I'm price has dropped even. 50% since we started talking about it. Because it's kind of, the, of on sale. Well, that's because there's nothing, you know. I promise yeah. to never do anything yeah. that insane. I just. No. I don't get it. It's 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 an obsession. It's like yeah. all other. I mean, it's just an obsession. I thought I wanted to do that Mount Kilimanjaro thing. So did thing I after until, Ann Curry did it. But then we saw how hard it was, yeah. and and then when I went on my safari, and people did it, and they said it was so incredibly. Yeah. Mandy Moore did Kilimanjaro. Well, yeah. she went to the base camp of Everest. At, right. at Everest, she trains though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to train. You got to be in shape. Ooh. I still have something in me, but it's 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 um, Afton Alps. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Boots in the highest point in Minnesota on a good day. There you go. All right, we come back.